All right, let's hit the field. All right. Just wanted to talk, that's all. After a long, cold winter, baseball is finally back. The Yankees had a game today. We'll brush you up on what went down. And after a dismal 82-80 and 80 performance in 2023, the Yankees added perhaps the best left-handed bat in the game. And with a renewed sense of urgency, they are ready to make a run. In this episode, a discussion on the Yankees' lineup, rotation, bullpen, spring battles, all that stuff. Welcome back to baseball season. This is NYY Recaps. Welcome to Yankee Stadium. Just when they thought I was out, they pull me back in. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, everybody. Baseball is officially back. Bronx Bombers were back today. They won 22-10 to 10 football score in the first spring training game. Uh, number one prospect Spencer Jones hit a 470-foot home run today. Uh, forgotten offseason pickup Trent Grisham also hit a three-run shot. Game coverage kicks off tomorrow on Yes, so I'll be live with a post-game show, first post-game show of the year. We're going to have a little game day watch party chat room also set up tomorrow that we're piloting, so tune in for that. Tonight, we're going to get into what must go right for the Yankees to win the World Series. Not only do they have to get past the Orioles, but the Astros are still good, still got... The National League, Braves, Dodgers, a couple of juggernauts there. But joining me t- this evening, making his NYY Recaps debut, is my co-host from another coast, Terrence Kemp, a former intern with the Yankees, currently living in L.A. He's going to help us out with some of the West Coast stuff this year. Welcome to Terrence. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm excited to be here, to be on the show. Um, I've been a fan of the show for a long time, for a few years now. I've been following. Um, and, you know, I'm really excited about this season. I feel like obviously made a huge trade for Soto, you know, gave up some pitching depth there. So that's a little bit of a concern, but I'm excited for this year. Um, this really feels like a Yankee team that's, if everything does grow right, we got a great shot at it. I really do feel that way. But everything has to go right. And when does that really happen? So I guess we'll just have to see how the season goes and hopefully everything breaks their way, but who knows, right? Yeah. I mean, I can only think of really one time in my life where pretty much everything went right. That was 98, you know, 114 and, and 48, and then uh, 11 and two in the postseason, 125 and 50 overall. But even that season started off 0 and 4. I think, you know, Daryl Strawberry got cancer late in the season, you know, going into the playoffs. David Cohn had to miss some time because he got a dog bite. Uh, it is what it is. But, hey, look, uh, we got to give out some hardware today for Spencer Jones. First belt of the year. Tommy Egg says Jones is going to be a beast. And I agree. Oh, yeah, Frankie I totally says, agree. <laughs> yeah. Frankie says 2009 everything went well. It went well, but it didn't go perfect. We had A-Rod out for a month, you know. Yeah. You know, but yeah. pretty good. So Spencer Jones, that was uh, that was quite a nuke. 470, I got your attention, huh? Oh, man, dude. I mean, it just, it's one of those things. It sounded different off the bat. And uh, one of the first conversations we ever had, I told you there were two prospects to me that were totally untouchable, uh, Jason Dominguez and Spencer Jones. When they drafted Spencer Jones out of Vanderbilt, you know a school like that, a program like that, just like just produces guys just all the time. It's just a world-class college program. You knew he was going to come out with some poise. 
Um, and I looked at him from the beginning as a lefty Aaron judge. I mean, if I'm the Yankees, I would give him a first baseman mitt immediately. Uh, Rizzo's contract is up after this year. I think he would slot in great there. Um, but I look at him as like two or three years from now as the Yankee cleanup hitter for sure. Um, I think he has that kind of ability. I think he will develop into that. Um, and I think there's also a good chance we see him this year, maybe around the all-star break, September call-up. I mean, it depends how he does in trample A, but I mean, we saw Dominguez last year, right? So he That's goes fair. out there and has a great spring. I do think some injuries happen, whatever. There is a chance we see him this year. Well, one thing I noticed is that he's really filled out. When we first saw him get drafted, you see the college footage and whatever, and he was very skinny. I mean, he was tall, but he had these enormous broad shoulders. He's starting he's to fill boy. out. Yeah, he's starting yeah. to fill out. Like He's starting to look like Aaron Judge, where he's probably – I'd say he was probably 230 last year. I'd say he's probably 250, 260 now, just by looking at him. Yeah. Yeah, you saw that picture of them together. I mean, Judge looks like a normal person next to him. You know, that's how you know he's huge. So, I mean, you know, if you see Aaron Judge looking like a normal guy next to another guy, you're like, those are some pretty big dudes right there. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, love the talent there, 100%. Great swing. Uh, all right. So, let's talk about topic number one, um, Judge and Soto. Uh, the Yankees got to get a lot of things to go right this year. And one of the things they got to get is this one-year guarantee of Juan Soto has to be perfect. You have to put him in the right position to, uh, you know, maximize his skill set. To me, his skill set is more getting on base than it is the home run tool. I know people are excited about the bombs, but this is a guy who perennially has a 400-plus on base percentage. 421, I believe, is his career on base percentage. So we've had a little bit of a disagreement on this, unaligned a little bit. Uh, I believe that you got to hit Soto in front of judge every game all season long. I mean, if judge is out of the lineup, obviously whatever, you know, Soto's going to be in there most of the time. He plays pretty much every day more so than judge, but I think you got to maximize that OBP in front of Aaron judge. Uh, and you're going to have a lot of two, nothing ball games, maybe even three, nothing in the first inning. So give me your thoughts on why you've told me offline that you think Soto should hit in uh, behind Aaron Judge. Well, not to like back out of my take. I did think about it more. I do totally see your your point. I understand where you're coming from about uh, you know batting Judge third and having him in the two hole. And with with analytics, it shows you that your best hitter, the best hitter in your lineup, used to be the three hole hitter. But now most teams bat that guy second just because it gives you another like 60 or 70 at-bats every season doing that. Um, and I totally see your point about, you know, Soto is going to get on base 100%. And you even mentioned it's like Judge and Soto walk, Rizzo double play, ends the inning. So it's something that I think they're going to play around with. But I think the order of two and three is going to have to do with who's leading off, right? So if you want to have Verdugo lead off one game, maybe they go Judge Soto. They'll go Verdugo, Judge Soto. Or if you're going to have DJ or Glaber or even Volpe, who's in the mix for a leadoff spot at some point this year, hopefully, then you may go Soto to Judge 3. So I think, you know, just knowing how Boone likes to run this team, he does really like to do the whole lefty-righty, lefty-righty. Um, so I think ultimately it's going to come down to who's leading off. Um, but, you know, some consistency would be nice, but I think they're just going to play around with it, depending on who's on the bump, who they're playing. But I really think you could argue for both. I think they're both great, and they'll both kind of feed off of each other, no matter what. Edwin NG says he likes Soto third and Judge cleanup. I'm not a big fan of that because I want Judge guaranteed to be hitting in the first inning. 
I want to mm-hmm. make sure that he hits in the bottom of the first or the top of the first if you're on the road. I, I wonder what's going to happen when Dominguez comes back because, you know, even if DJ is hitting well, Dominguez was in the top three of the order last year in his second game in the major leagues. He was immediately the Yankees' number three hitter. He's a switch hitter. He spits on pitches. He's got power. He's got the hit tool. I wonder if they would put him in the leadoff spot when he comes back because then you don't have to worry about changing it up every day. You can get a solid, you know, one, two, three every day that's the same. Dominguez, Soto, Judge. Thoughts on that? I mean, I know we'll get into this a little bit later, but I really would like to see Volpe get into developing into the leadoff guy just because of his speed. And he's one of those, I pitched in high school, so I can understand a little bit of this perspective. I didn't pitch at a very high level, but just like when you're pitching and there's a guy on the bases who keeps dancing around and he's really fast, it's really a pain. You're not really focusing on who you're facing on the mound. You're keep the guy keeps dancing around, you know, the catchers come out and do a little mound visit like, hey, like he's got a big lead. I really would like to see him develop into that. But Dominguez, I mean, he just crushes pitches. So I think, frankly, I'd probably like to see him more in the middle of the lineup. I mean, what about cleanup? I think if he, he, he could, you know, project out to be a cleanup hitter, but he's got such athleticism, I could see him in the leadoff spot too. He's really a guy that could hit anywhere. I could live with cleanup. It depends really what uh, what's happening with Rizzo, what's happening with Stanton. The thing about Dominguez in the cleanup spot, it would bring back Memories of Bernie Williams as that, you know, solid yeah. switch hitting center fielder in the middle of the lineup. You know, I, I've been drawing a lot of comparisons between uh, Dominguez and and Bernie. And if we can get even 80 percent of what Bernie was out of Dominguez, I'll take it. Um, all right. Let's talk about thing that has to go right. Number two. <laughs> and that is the catching combination. Uh, I had Eric Kratz on a couple weeks ago. And he is adamant that Austin Wells is going to begin the season in AAA. I'm much less sure about that. I think a platoon would probably be a great option. Trevino against lefties. We'll talk about the lineup in a second. Wells against righties. And gradually ease Wells into the major leagues, get him more at-bats. Keep both guys kind of fresh, catching half the games. I mean, you're not counting on either one of these guys to put up huge statistical numbers. You just want a good matchup on any given day. Ben Rortfeld is out of options. So if you send him to AAA... You have to pass him through waivers first. You have to expose him to every other team. And I think lots of teams would probably claim him because he had a 400 on-base percentage in AAA. And he's a good catcher. He caught Garrett Cole as he kind of got over the hump for the uh, the Cy Young Award last year. So what are your thoughts? I don't see them moving Austin Wells in a trade. I don't see them moving uh, Trevino because of that elite platinum glove defense. So which way are you leaning towards right now? Well, if anybody's getting traded, it's worth it, definitely. Um, like you said, he's out of options. So there's really nothing else you can do. And, you know, if I'm going to trade Wartvet, uh, you know, you really like to maybe get like a bullpen arm or something, maybe for some depth, just in terms of value. Um, maybe, you know, clear up a little bit of that pitching depth. But uh, with him, it really depends on the spring he has, right? If Wells has an awful spring, Wartvet is just light- lighting it up. Then I guess for the first month of the season, you got to give Wartvet the shot, right? I mean, but I think the problem with the Yankees that have had in recent years is they tend to let their prospects rot. And Austin Wells, um, he was a college guy, so he's a bit he's a bit older. He spent some time in the minor leagues. And the last thing that I want is for him to be like, I don't know, he's in like his mid-20s. He hasn't really touched the major leagues. And you don't really know what you have. I think at some point, 
you kind of just have to throw guys on the fire and just see what happens, right? I mean, so with that, I definitely think Wells, me, myself, I would go with the Wells-Trevino combination. I like the lefty-righty matchup there with them. You get a different look at the plate for them hitting on offense. Um, and then Rohrfett, I mean, you know, he's come up in the big leagues. He's hit a couple nice shots, but I, I haven't really been overly impressed. At least I haven't seen enough to yeah. give him the edge. To me, it's Wells' job to lose. Yeah, and I think the Yankees do have some nice catching depth. So I, I think I tend to agree with you that uh, Rortfett is the odd man out and will be traded. So I'm going to go ahead and disagree with Kratz. I'm going to go ahead and disagree. I'm going to go ahead and agree with my man TK here. You're a smart motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> I miss doing podcasts, man. I'm so excited to be back. And <laughs> this is the latest one I've ever done because you're on the West Coast. But I, I was yeah. telling I was telling Terrence before we went live that doing the recaps on a West Coast swing, especially towards the end of the trip when everybody's getting a little tired, everybody's been staying up late, everybody's off the schedule, the Yankees are starting to slip a little bit. Doing those recaps is tough. So I thought it would be great to have a co-host from the West Coast uh, who I could just hop on and have conversations with about the game. So, all right, let's talk about um, the number three spot. Consistent lineups here. Uh, That's got to be something that goes right for the Yankees. Uh, We had a lot of different lineups the last few years. I think the addition of Soto gives us at least a solid 2-3, whether he goes Soto-Judge or Judge-Soto. I don't think that combination is going to change all year long. LeMahieu is supposedly going to be the leadoff man to begin the season, and so I've got a couple of different lineups here based on that. Against lefties, I've got Stanton in the five-hole, so LeMahieu for the people who are listening, I'll just read it out. LeMahieu leading off, third base. Soto, right field, second. Judge, center field, batting third. Fourth would be Rizzo at first base. Stanton, DH, uh, batting fifth. Torres, batting sixth at second base. Verdugo, left field, batting seventh. Trevino, eighth. And then Volpe, ninth. Uh, and then against right-handed pitchers, LeMahieu, Soto, Judge, Rizzo, Torres, Verdugo, then Stanton in the seven-hole. Wells in the eight-hole and Volpe in the nine hole. Now, a couple of things are accomplished by this. Uh, Obviously, you do split up Trevino and Wells in a platoon, but Wells will get more bats because he's facing more right-handed pitchers. You could still start Trevino on opening day because it's probably going to be Framber Valdez uh, starting on opening day. Uh, And Stanton dropping to the number seven hole against righties, uh, maybe not seeing as many sliders, not seeing as many at bats. Uh, So what are your thoughts on my two lineups there, TK? Uh, yeah, I like them. I mean, on ultimately with Stanton dropping to the seven hole until proven otherwise, sorry, that's where he belongs. I mean, he had a terrible season last year. There's no way around it. And I really appreciate his honesty about that. Um, he looks like he put in some serious work this off season. I'm actually really excited to see him. I think he'll have a bounce back here. He has a little bit of that dog mentality. Where he's just mm-hmm. like, damn dude, I had a terrible year, you know, like I got to put it in. Rodon has a bit of that too, but as far as the leadoff spot, I uh, mentioned this before with Volpe. I really hope he kind of develops into that. Having your nine, him as in the nine hole is a bit like leadoff adjacent in the way. He's the guy who turns over the lineup. So it's like a second leadoff guy if you want to look at it that way. Um, but do I think DJ is the player that he was when we first signed him in 19 and 20? No, no, I don't think he's that player. Uh, he's had some problems with some injuries. He's getting older now, obviously. I even had mentioned to you in one of our first conversations, I wish that I would have taken the extra AAV to have a a year shorter because I think he's got, including this year, he's got three years left on his deal. So 
I would have rather have him be done next year, like next year being the last year of his deal. For me, how much leech am I giving him? I think probably until end of June, mid-June, maybe the all-star break, you know, see where he's at then. I think he does deserve that sort of leash, but I would not hesitate if, you know, he's having a first half like he did last year rather than the second half that he had last year. And I'm, I'm you know, changing that up. I think Torres could slide in the leadoff spot. Um, you mentioned uh, Dominguez could maybe – like I said, Volpe, Verdugo. I mean, there are some guys there that definitely could play that role. So, you know, I'd say end of June, early July is my leash for DJ. Yeah. I I think that uh, Torres probably better off in the middle of the order. You know, the fifth, sixth area. Like, he's a run producer guy, but I don't think he's a cleanup guy. And I don't see him much as a leadoff guy. I want him driving in runs. You know, there's not a lot of second mm-hmm. basemen like him that have that kind of power. And I really think that in a contract year – this is the best Glaber Torres we're probably ever going to see, you know, hundred oh, percent other than maybe juiced ball season. And I would yeah. love another, how great would it be? We never know what the balls are going to be like. Uh, that's what she said. Uh, we never know what the balls are going <laughs> to be. <laughs> is it going to be a juice ball season? Is it going to be a, uh, a dead ball season? Like, are they going to be putting fucking pine tar on the baseball? Who knows? Uh, dude. But uh, I want, yeah, I want, I want juice ball Glaber back. Yeah, I mean, for him, I agree with you. Uh, five hole seems really like where he belongs to me, you know, like right smack in the middle like that, five, six. Uh, I have seen, the mention, the reason I mentioned him as leadoff, Boone has had that. And to be fair, he does get on, you know, he gets on base at a pretty solid clip, but I do think he's more productive in the middle of the lineup like that. Um, he should be going gap to gap. Uh, I think the home runs will kind of take care of themselves. I mean, I would expect in a walk here, 25 jacks, 20, 25 yeah. jacks, somewhere around there. Uh, that's a good season for Glaber Torres. And then, you know, in terms of re-signing him, that's a whole other conversation, but I would say middle of the lineup is probably good for him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he hit 25 last year. I think he can do better than 25. You know, he's, you know, I'd say 30 is the over under, you know? All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. take, yeah, I'll take the over. I'll take the over on him. Mm-hmm. Um, would you, are you taking the over under on 30, 29 and a half? Yeah, really. It's, you know, it's tight. I think I'll probably take the under, but like he hit 29. It's yeah. not like, you know, right. Gotcha. If he's healthy. Gotcha. All right. Let's talk about the, most important thing that needs to go right, and that is we got to get this pitching staff back on track. Uh, last year, Garrett Cole obviously won the Cy Young Award. Carlos Rodon was absolute dog shit. He was just dog Son shit. Of a he was awful. Uh, Luis Severino was terrible. Thankfully, he's not going to be throwing any more gas on the fire this year. Nestor Cortez got hurt. Seems like he's healthy coming into camp. Uh, Marcus Stroman, nice addition. Clark Schmidt, second year as a starter. I saw he he made some nice pitches to uh, Giancarlo and BP the other day. I watched a, a little footage of that. His deuce was looking good. The relief pitching, obviously we've lost Wandy Peralta, so we're going to have to rely on guys like Caleb Ferguson, Victor Gonzalez as the lefties out of the pen. Obviously dealing with Clay Holmes again as the closer. I'm still not 100% sold on Clay Holmes as a, as a closer. I think I – think, that's an area where the Yankees might change midseason. Could you could you see Ian Hamilton replacing Clay Holmes as a closer? No, I think I could see more Loisaga replacing Loisaga? Him as a closer. Yeah, think about Loisaga. He gets hurt so much. Like I have no faith that he's going to stay healthy all year. 
But I mean, Clay Holmes is inconsistent. I mean, there's question marks everywhere. This this rotation, this staff in general is really Jekyll and Hyde. If everybody plays, you know, if everyone stays healthy, healthy and stays, uh, you know, like the player that they've been in the past, this is a lethal rotation. You know, if if Cole is Cole, which I have every confidence that he will be, and Rodon is San Francisco Giants Rodon, and, you know, Marcus Stroman is the pitcher that he's been, you know, with the Cubs and the Blue Jays, and Nestor is the all-star pitcher. This this is a great rotation, if that's the case. It's just that's probably not going to happen. Um, you know, I definitely think around the all-star break, they're going to be looking at some fortifications in the bullpen. There's just no way around it. It's kind of like that yeah. for every every team, every season. But, yeah, I agree with you. Clay Holmes in the closer spot, I mean, he's got great stuff. He does, but he's one of those guys, and they, they always use this weird language with him, like, oh, he's a, he's a tick off. Like, what does that mean? He's a tick off, you know, and then he's just terrible for like six weeks. So when he's on, he's on. When he's awful, he's awful. So it's really, yeah, with the closer spot, I don't really feel exactly comfortable with having a guy that's so night and day like that. I would like to see them fortify that spot at the deadline, uh, but, you know, you just don't know what's going to be available. Yeah, I want to see how this Blake Snell works out, this Blake Snell thing. He's got to sign somewhere, and he's got to sign somewhere fast because, I mean, he's missing starts if you wait too much longer. Uh, I know that he's, you know, he's got the Boris camp or whatever at driveline, but look, that's not the same thing as facing major league hitters, you know? Um, So, uh, you know, I I want to see the Yankees be in on that. At least they've made an offer. If he signs somewhere this week, I like the Yankees' chances. If he waits it out much longer, I don't think the Yankees are going to take that chance on somebody who might not be a real pitcher this year. You know, they went through that last year with Rodone. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. It's too late now for me. Um, you know, pitchers and catchers started like two weeks ago. When you're, when you know, uh, Michael Kay made this point on the K show, but when you're a pitcher signs in the middle of spring training like that, you're playing catch up all the time. And like mentally, you're like, oh man, I got to get ready for the season. You know, I got to get this together. And then that's when you get hurt. Right. And you're just never the same for that season. And like you said, we saw that with Rodon last year. So if I'm the Yankees, yeah, I'm in on him. He's been a great pitcher, but look at his stats. He had two great years with the Cy Young, but you know, he had like four years in between there where he just wasn't that pitcher. So for me, I think it's a little bit too much of a risk, especially at this time. If they had signed him in like December at the winter meetings, I'd be all for it. But at this point of the season now, it's already gone underway. I think I pass. Um, you know, do I think there's some other moves to be made out there? Yeah, maybe, but the market's a bit thin. I don't really think a lot of teams are going to be trading anybody now. I mean, spring training just started, you know, this is the point where it's like, okay, we've assembled our team. Let's see what we got in July. I think every team's mentality is probably that right now. So I would say that the Yankees could, you know, skip him first time in the rotation, but it looks like they play their first seven games in domes, you know, Houston and then Arizona. Uh, and then Marcus Stroman is set to be the opening day starter on Friday, April 5th at 1 p.m. That'll be a fun one. Uh, and, uh, hey, look, uh, I don't know if the Yankees are going to win it all this year, but it should be a fun year uh, regardless. Let's get to some final thoughts here uh, before we let Terrence get on with his party lifestyle out there in, in L.A. Uh, with all the all the celebs. Don't you say – 
you you saw what was his name? Michael B. Jordan the other day. Is that what you said? No. Uh, yeah. So for those of you watching, uh, my day job is I work in luxury retail on Rodeo Drive. So I see some people every once in a while. The other day I saw Timothy Chalamet on the street, um, but Michael B. Jordan is a client of ours. He That's came cool. in for a fitting for the Creed premiere. We did a suit for him. So um, there is definitely a little bit of that. Sure. That movie was wild. That movie was good. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. I think it was uh, Jonathan Majors. He was in a couple of big movies there right in a row. And then he got arrested. Talk about flushing, flushing your 15 minutes right down the trash can. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. So in that career, it's important to be, to stay clean like that. I mean, you know, it's, you're in the public eye all the time. Michael P. Jordan. What a great name. I wonder if in 15 years there's going to be an actor named LeBron B. James. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So obviously there's a lot of people who are understandably, pessimistic about this team after last year it was a tough year believe me it was a tough year to do recaps after every game I think we did 157 shows last year and each one was more miserable than the last but I think the Yankees actually have a chance to be really good this year we've addressed some of the problems you know we've got left-handed hitters that was the main problem for the last few years is that you know right-handed pitchers could just work the lanes they would get that slider into a groove because they didn't have to adjust for anybody but now we got you know, you mentioned Verdugo a couple of times tonight. I think he's gone under the radar as a nice addition. We got uh, a backup in Grisham, who's a lefty. We've got uh, Dominguez coming back, who's a switch hitter. Rizzo's going to be back in the order. And then, of course, Juan Soto. Secondly, uh, if John Carlo goes down, most years the Yankees have been screwed. But this year, you can just shift guys around and put Juan Soto in that DH spot. So, you know, Judge can rest his toe a little bit in the DH spot. If, so, if, if Stanton goes down, the Yankees are covered. Uh, pitching wise, it sounds good. I'm, I'm enthusiastic that Carlos Rodon seems healthy, that he is making the effort to lose weight at least and, and be in shape. Will he overcome the back issue? I don't know, but he's making every effort, which is all you can ask of a guy. Uh, and I think Jason Dominguez is the real thing and we're going to get him back this summer. So if this team plays like they're capable of playing and maybe plays with that extra chip on their shoulder, that extra intensity, you know, you can get to the playoffs with 95, 96 wins. And then we saw last year the Diamondbacks made the World Series with 84. So we don't need everything to go right, but if enough things go right, this Yankees team can absolutely 100% win the World Series. Let's wrap. Oh, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Let's wrap. Let's wrap. And then we'll get your thoughts. Get out of here. You're going to do the, the rap dance with me. You got to go. You got to go. <laughs> Oh, man. Baseball season is back. All right, TK. You made your debut. How do you feel about it? I loved it. I'm so excited for this year. Um, You know, I was telling him this before. Like, I used to talk to my friends, my dad, about Yankee baseball all the time. So to be able to do it on a platform like this is really awesome. Um, I'm excited for the opportunity, excited for the season. And, uh, and I'll reiterate what you said. I really do think they have a great chance of being good. Things have to go well. Guys have to stay healthy. But on offense, at least, there's definitely more depth this year than we did see last year. I definitely think the offensive issues have been addressed. Pitching has remained to be seen. Guys got to stay healthy. Got to see what they do at the deadline. Um, but, you know, there's a lot to be excited about, definitely. Um, and like you said, in today's climate with baseball, you just got to make it to the dance. I mean, I hate, I hate the whole, oh, the playoffs are a crapshoot. But it's true. 
you can't deny it. I mean, Phillies made the World Series and the Diamondbacks made the World Series. I mean, that's just the trend not right now in the game. So, yeah. um, you know, but other other than that, I mentioned this to you before and I'm going to bring it up. The Fanatics jerseys are awful. They're terrible. Awful. Oh, they're oh, terrible. Oh, my God. And a- if uh, – and thank you, Richard C. That's very nice of you. Um, but also – if I'm Nike, if I'm Phil Knight, I'm calling up Fanatics. I'm like, what, what is going on? Because that is their logo on the jersey. So people are automatically like, oh, Nike's making terrible jerseys when it's actually Fanatics manufacturing them. I mean, guys' jerseys aren't even consistent. Ad patches aren't even on the consistent sleeve. You can see through the pants. I mean, I saw for the Dodgers jersey, they have the script across the chest. It like cuts awkwardly in the D. The names are weird. I mean, this is this is Major League Baseball, okay? Right. This is the number one league on the planet. And we got guys in college with better uniforms. So I know the players are pissed off about it. You said you talked to a couple guys. Uh, and the Players Association is apparently trying to come up with some sort of solution for the season. But, I mean, get it together. All right, yeah. get it together. That's that's the main the main point there. Time to clean it up. Doctor Anarchy yeah. says that he is he or she or whatever is incredibly pissed off about the uniforms. I, I'm just relieved that the Yankees don't have names on their jerseys yeah. at this point because the small little letters and and the scrunched up, it it, it uh, I don't know. It's just cheap. It just looks cheap. It it looks cheap. And it costs it more. Cheap. They it cost more. Yeah, they cost like $150 more. They're like $400 or some ridiculous. What is, you know. what is going on, honestly? Like, <laughs> and then you look at Juan Soto. The pants look weird. I mean, guys have said that the uniforms just it's, – it's just uncomfortable. It's just uncomfortable. Look good, feel good, play good. All right? So figure it out. That's the, that's uh, the message. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Recaps are back tomorrow. Uh, I'll do several of them throughout the spring training schedule. We've also got a game day hangout chat room that will be live during – uh, every game this season, so be sure to check that out. I'm going to fire that up tomorrow as a test. We'll do it whenever we do a post game show, uh, you know, this this spring as well. Uh, and final item, I've got a new podcast over on my Stream Ski Media channel uh, with my buddy Justin called We Are the Dudes. It's a movie podcast mostly. It's movies, culture, TV, uh, but there's three episodes out. They're all about an hour long, uh, and uh, I think it's pretty damn good. So go check it out. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next time. Thanks, TK. Thanks for having me.